0: Hallelujah. We're going to talk about divine interruptions. Amen. And how God will interrupt what he's doing to get your blessing to you. That's just how much he care about us. Amen. So we can't, we can't ever say that God is not with us, that he didn't do this for me. He didn't, he wants the very best for his people. And how dare you in jesus name and so what what we have to do our faith gets god's attention and when our faith gets his attention he will interrupt normal life because this is what he does he's in control of everything amen well actually we're in control of our lives so we have to open that door and god will do exceedingly and abundantly amen so are we ready mrs maestro's Father, we do thank you for your word. We bless you, Father, and we exalt you, we lift you up, and we bless you. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it, and we thank and praise you, Father. Now, Lord, we want to hear from heaven so that we can be healed in every way, Father, spiritually, physically, mentally. And we thank you, Father, for what you're doing in this hour. We thank you every day, Lord. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for your blessing. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. And we give you all the honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. So this is the thing. What's on the inside? What's on the inside of a person? Did I say this before? I I thought that I came and preached this once before, but I guess I didn't. But I might might have mentioned it. But it's what's on the inside that changes the outside. Amen. So I didn't know if I should make that the, the, the title. I didn't know. And you can do it if you want to. But what's on the inside, it's what's on the inside that changes the outside. Amen. So God is never too busy for your miracle. Hallelujah. So it's what's on the inside will draw God to you and to what you need. Amen. He is he's a God of let's see. He's a good God. He's the God that loves us and he knows what we need. And but he knows what it's going to take to get that miracle to you. And so he will work backwards, forwards. He'll do whatever he has to do to help us get our miracle. Amen. He even works through our stubbornness and our our rebellion. But God is so good. And it's what's on the inside. So we're going to start in Matthew nine eighteen. Amen. God is never too busy. Have you ever felt like God just forgot about you? I think we've all been there. Amen. But he won't stop until he gets your needs met. And that's just standard. You don't even have to do anything right too much for God to take care of your needs. Amen. He's gonna do that if you ask him. He'll do he'll do it when you don't ask him. But your faith will cause a divine interruption if he needs to do it. Because that's that's uh that's just what God does. He you can change well, we change God's mind every day, but when he sees something, he releases more. Our faith or our hope in him causes him to release more grace, more mercy, more blessing. Whatever it is that we need, God will make sure that we get it. Amen. And so just I just want you to bear in mind that our faith interrupts God and he'll, he'll, stop and acknowledge your faith he never ignores faith he never does because he can't amen faith must touch jesus it must touch jesus like the woman with the issue of blood remember he said your faith has made you whole amen in other words her faith insisted that he do something for her it insisted, and that's what your faith does, it turns God's head. Amen. Hallelujah. Faith has the right to interrupt, divinely interrupt Jesus and bring it to pass. And he stops and takes notice when faith is on the scene. And so this is how we get God's attention. So Matthew 9:18 talks about the girl that was restored. And then it talks about the woman healed. And I'm going to read three scriptures, Matthew's account, Luke's account, and Mark's account of the same story. But I want you to bear with me. Amen. So uh, verse uh, 18 in chapter 9 of Matthew, it says, While he spoke these things to them, behold, a ruler came and worshipped him, saying, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hands on her, and she will live. Now, you can see right there where he says, come and lay your hands. His faith is working. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, how many of us would even say that if there was a death? We would just accept death and keep moving. Now, there's three accounts. One account says she was near death. This one, I think, said she's already dead. Is that what I read? Yes, she just died. And then I think in uh, Luke it talks about her being almost dead. But you know this was a parent. The parent was hyped up and excited, full of grief, and you know. And so we have to just understand it. And then different people remember things differently. And this just goes to show you how you can't sit up and listen to what somebody say because it's always different. Amen. You know, different people remember different things. I'm just saying you can't lynch a person or take them to court or uh, what is that to the president? Um, Impeach a person on one story. Amen. Because people's story change all the time. People see things differently. Amen. So that's all I'm saying. So hallelujah. Verse 19. So Jesus arose and followed him. And so did his disciples. And suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years and came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. Now this woman just, it wasn't her turn, you would think. Because this man was talking to this ruler, was talking to Jesus about coming to heal his daughter. And then it says in 19, so Jesus arose, followed him. So he was working on this man. (laughs) And to me, I'm thinking her father had good faith to say, my father, my, my daughter just died. Can you come and lay hands on her so she'll live? To me, that's great faith. Amen. Then here comes this woman. And it says, and suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she said to herself. And, and that's underlined in my Bible. If only I may touch his garment, I shall be made whole. Now here comes some, some great, some more great faith. Amen. See, she already had it in her mind that she was going to be healed. It says, but Jesus turned around and when he saw her, he said, be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well and the woman was made well from that hour. And then, when Jesus came up to the into the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the noisy crowd wailing and see, as you keep reading, you get to see why he went to the lady. amen, that was an easy fix. your faith has made you whole be healed amen it, it although it doesn't say here how much she had went to to so many doctors for twelve years and took all her money, and there was no uh You know, she had nothing else going for her after she spent all her money. And so it didn't say that right there. But God knows faith when he comes in contact with it. And so he dealt with the lady. And then he went back to the rich ruler's house and saw the flute players and the noisy crowd wailing. (laughs) You know, the wailing crowd. All of the people that come around just to cry and make you feel worse. And then when nighttime come or the next week when you need food or something, you don't see them or hear them, you know, they vacate the premises. It says, let's see, in 24, and he said to them, make room for the girl is not dead. Make room means get out of here. For the girl is not dead but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. See, that's the crowd. They came for a funeral, and that's what they want. And so let's see, 25, but when the crowd was put outside, he went in and took her by the hand, and she, the little girl, arose. And the report of this went out into all the land, amen? And so that's one account, that's Matthew, St. Matthew's account of this situation. This was extreme faith uh, to compel Jesus to come. Even though the girl had just died, and then um let's see, I wrote what can pull your attention away from that? What can pull your attention away from that? Amen. Hallelujah. Now let's go back to verse 20. Verse 20 says, And suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for twelve years, but I just wrote that it didn't say that in this account. Let's just go to Mark five. And let's hear a different account from St. Mark. Amen. There's something that God wants us to see. Mark 5, verse 21. It says, and now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, and that's interesting right there. Because, see, when he says go to the other side, you will get to the other side. Amen. Whatever Jesus tells you to do, it's doable. It may seem impossible, but it's doable. Amen. A great multitude gathered to him and he was by the sea. Now, it's always if you notice everywhere Jesus went, there was always a crowd because the anointing draws people. Amen. It'll draw people whether they like it, whether they hate it. But they want it. That's why it will draw both sides. But I'm telling you, he was always, people always followed him. And he's going to get this girl restored. This is the same story. So I'll start again now when Jesus had crossed over to in the boat to the other side. A great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. So Mark remembered it a different way. Matthew said the, the girl had died. Amen. But it doesn't make any difference. I'm just trying to show you how people's stories are always different. Amen. That's why you can't go by stories. Amen. You have to subpoena people and get them to under oath and they still will lie. But that's the system. You know, uh, you do the best you can do. But, you know, this is just a different account and we need to know different accounts of what happened. And behold. okay, we talked about Jared. In verse 23 says, and begged him earnestly, saying, my little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, and she may be healed, and she will live. So this man still has great faith. Amen. He still is in faith. And now a certain woman, here this woman comes again. It says, and a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. Now, St. Mark is giving us more details. That's why it's good to listen to every account. And it says, "And and has suffered many things from many physicians. And has spent all of all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. And, then you know, that number 12 is God's government, man's government. And man's government is this. I look at it like this, doing things man's way. So man had his way with her for 12 years and did nothing. But that number 12 means man's government. It was time up for man's government, and God took over. She got sick of man's government. It didn't help her any. Amen. But, you know, man do the best that they can do. Verse 26 said, and suffered many things from many physicians, and she spent all that she had and rather grew worse. And when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment." For she said, if I only, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Now there's her faith. That's the faith that got his attention. Amen. So if you ask me, the Jarius got his attention and this woman got his attention too, even more so. Hallelujah. 29. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed from this affliction. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? He didn't do this with Jairus. Although Jairus had great faith because he was trusting Jesus to lay hands on his daughter. And, you know, in some accounts said she was dead, but she was near death. But this woman had something. Uh, different. And I believe it's the relationship. A relationship that she had with Jesus. Because, uh, the Lord says, somebody touched me. Amen. And there was plenty of people because in verse 21, it said a great multitude gathered around him from the sea. Time he got out of that boat and followed him. So it was plenty of people touching him. Amen. But what what we understand and know, and I think this is what God wants us to understand totally today, is he wants people to touch him on the inside. Touch him with our faith, but allow our faith to um, create. Let me see now. How can I explain this? You touch God when you have a relationship this woman had a relationship with him, and this is how she touched him. That's number one. When, we, when our faith reaches a certain level because of relationship and expectation and the love of God. See, the love of God was on the inside of her because the love of God, well, God is love. And the love of God is what draws men, draw men unto the Lord. She was drawn to him as much as he was drawn to her. But it was something about this woman. Every time she came around, uh, you know, God God just dropped what he had. In other words, uh, what, what was I saying the title of this was? He had divine interruption. She interrupted him. Her faith interrupted what he was doing for Jairus and his daughter. And so this is the point that I'm trying to make. God is never too busy for you. In other words... In the kingdom of God, you don't have to wait your turn. Amen. Your faith makes your turn. Your faith will draw God's attention and interrupt whatever he has going on. Because uh he, that girl's life was in the hands of Jesus, and he knew that he was not going to allow her to die. Amen. He said she's just sleeping. But he allowed... um he allowed her faith to cause him to interrupt what he was doing for Jairus. And can you imagine how he felt? He was probably cussing underneath his breath, saying, no, wait a minute, Jesus. You know, my daughter. But, you know, but Jesus knew what was best. Amen. He said in verse 30, who touched my clothes? Well, let me read all of it. This is "And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around and said to her, Who has done this thing? But the woman, fear and trembling, knowing that what had happened to her, came and fell before him and told him the whole truth. This is only because she was um an outcast she was a leper because she was bleeding and and you know it was not uh lawful to her to go around uh in public and and not only just to be in the presence of the lord and so she confessed and told him well you know what was wrong with i'm a leper and <laughs> you know my, but my faith touched you or or he probably told her your faith touched me But anyway, and this is why she was fearing and trembling. But in 34 it says, And he said to her daughter, Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. And so then he went back. He didn't ignore Darius. 35 it says, And while he was speaking, some came from the ruler, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter's dead, why trouble the teacher any further? And soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. Hallelujah. Amen. And that's, that right there tells me his faith wasn't as strong as her, as the woman with the issue, because he had to tell him to believe. In other words, don't let all these people get you all out of faith. You know, just believe. You know, don't panic. Don't fear. I'm with you. But you see, this situation took a little bit more work. Not for God. Nothing's too hard for him, but for us to understand. You know, it was just a little more, a little few more details. Let's see. And then, um, let's see, I think I'm in 36. And as soon as Jesus heard the word, oh, yeah, he said, do not be afraid, only believe. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, John, and the brother of James. You can see why this situation was a little more complicated because people complicate things. Unbelievers complicate things. Amen. And so 39, it says, and when he came in, he said to them, why make this commotion and weep? See, people think we make that up. That's not something made up. These people they they cause more harm than good. Amen. Why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead but sleeping. So you gotta fight through all of that unbelief, all that religion, all of that hoopla, all of this uh um what is it they cause um anxiety, all of this sadness, and you gotta work through all of that just to get the job done. 41, and then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Telethia Kumi, which translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl arose, walked, for she, and walked, for she was 12 years old. And that, there's the other number 12. And why is that there? Man's government. Man could not help this little girl. Amen. But Jesus sure could. Hallelujah. It says, and they were overcome and greatly amazed, but he commanded them strictly that no one should know it and said that something should be given to her to eat. In other words, feed her. She's good. Let's go. Hallelujah. Let's see. So let's go to Luke 8. Let's get Luke's account of this same story. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Luke 8, verse 40. And it says, uh, So it was when Jesus returned that the multitude welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. And behold, there was a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue, and fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house. For he had uh, he had an only daughter, about 12 years old. And see, we find out from St. Luke that this was his only only daughter. We didn't know that on the other account. People leave stuff out. You know, people tell stories as they remember it. Amen. Amen. And so we should, you know, everybody needs to be heard. Hallelujah. I find it fascinating that each uh, one, uh, uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke all wanted to, to talk about this this specific incident. Yeah that makes i mean that that's significant right there because Jesus did this all day long but they all wanted to talk about this same specific incident which to me has some type of prophetic impact that's what I'm I think amen hallelujah so that was his only daughter 12 years old and was dying but he went and the multitudes thronged him And I have that word thronged underline. And now a woman having a flow of blood, here she comes again. For 12 years, who has spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any, came from behind and touched um, the border of his garment. And immediately her flow was stopped. And Jesus said to her, and Jesus said, who touched me? And when all denied it, Peter and those who, uh, those with him said, Master, the multitudes throng impressed you. And you say, who touched me? But Jesus said, somebody touched me. For I perceive power going out from me. Amen. So he's more detailed. Luke is more detailed. And now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him and declared to him in her presence, all in, uh, declared to him in the presence of all of the people, the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. See, she knew she had an understanding. She had the same understanding that, God, that Jesus had. They were on the same wavelength because there was relationship there. Amen. And I think this is what God wants us to understand. And he said to her daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. While he was still speaking, someone from the ruler of the synagogue's house saying to him, your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. But when Jesus heard it, He answered him and said, do not be afraid, only believe, and she will be made whole. Hallelujah. She she will be made well. And when he came into the house, he permitted no one to go in except Peter, James, John, and the father and mother of the girl. Now all wept and mourned for her, but he said, do not weep she is not dead but sleeping and they ridiculed him knowing that's the crowd knowing that she was dead but he put them all outside and took her by the hand and called saying little girl arise and there her spirit returned and she arose immediately and he commanded that she be given something to eat and her parents were astonished But he, he, he charged them to tell no one what had happened. Amen. Hallelujah. And so this is how God, how, uh, God does us. He will stop and, and he will move heaven and hell to, uh, give attention to our faith. Amen. He, he gives also, he gives attention to whatever you do. You know, if you, our obedience, uh, stops him. You know are um uh, just uh, carrying out his orders, you know, whatever it is that he's telling us to do when we do that, that stops him, and we and he gets our attention. He gives us his attention, I should say, Amen, hallelujah. And so the people, this is what I want to say right here, when the people thronged him. It's like this. This is the way God was showing it to me. Some people throng God. But do you know him? Others see these people thronged him. They touched him. And so there's two ways to touch God. You can touch him just like these people did in a natural sense. Or you can touch him in a spiritual sense. The woman with the issue touched him in a spiritual way. Is that making sense to y'all? She knew him. She knew what he would do. She knew that when she came in contact with him that she would be healed. And she did, she knew that he didn't even have to lay hands on her. See, they had a contact going on in the spirit realm anyway. And so it's like this. When, when churches throng God all the time. They throng him, meaning they know about him, they pray about, about him, they sing about him, but do they touch him? Do they know him? They know all the scripture. They want to tell you what you do when they see you in trouble. They want to tell you how to get straight, but they never touch him. They throng him, but they never touch him. Are y'all here today? And this is what we need to stop thronging. Well, I'm, I'm talking about I'm not talking about us. I'm just saying the church should want to do more than throng God. They they need to want to know Him. They need to want to be in sync with Jesus, so that they can get everything. Be honest with you, so we can please Him. We need to please Him before we start asking for anything, because we deserve nothing. Amen. Well, it's mighty quiet in here, but we deserve nothing. The Bible says all has uh, fallen or sinned and come short of the glory of God, so we don't deserve anything. But we need to uh, desire to please Him. Now, this woman pleased Him. Why? Because she touched Him. Amen. Others, the crowd fawned Him, but she actually touched him amen hallelujah only one person touched him amen so it's it's this question and this is what i i asked myself do i want to throng jesus or truly touch him you touch him with your faith and with your trust amen hallelujah amen uh, you know, we want to get close to God, but not too close. We want to get close enough to get what we need. But we need to go past that. We need to pass that, that place, you know, and just go for all. It's like we need to de- develop a relationship where we want, need to talk to God every day. It's like He is your best friend. Like, you know, like that person, your bestie that you talk to all the time, God should take precedence over that person, over your marriage partner, over your children, you know. And these are the things that God looks at now. When he came into that woman's presence, he knew that there was nothing standing in the way of he and him and her relationship, that they, that they were more or less like, I'm just going to say, these are my words I'm using, like they were partners in faith partners in 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 the uh realm of the spirit where he saw her heart she knew his and she knew that when she crawled to get there that he would do something about her situation amen hallelujah this is the way this is sup- the way we're supposed to be with him every single day this is our re- that that characterizes our relationship with God and that's how it's supposed to be every single day that we live We're supposed to give all to him and put nobody in his place. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, this is another thing I wanted to uh, talk about. Faith feels a change when it touches Christ. So, see, this woman knew she was healed before he said your faith has made you whole. She knew it (laughs) because faith, let's see. It insists on possessing what you were promised. In other words, her faith looked out for her and knew. She knew by the spirit that it was done. She knew it was done. She knew she was already healed once she touched him. Amen. Her faith brought her where she was. And when she touched him on the inside with her faith and her trust, She's, that's when she said within herself. So faith feels a change when it touches Christ. Faith insists on possessing what you're promised. And faith can't break the law. See, there's no law against faith. Faith broke the law when she was there. He was dealing with some other situation and faith just superseded that situation and she was next in line because faith breaks the natural law Are y'all here you understand what i'm saying and i just when i read this i just uh, was reading my healing scriptures and when i saw this and i read this this whole new thing just you know that i never saw before i mean i might have saw little fragments of it but then god was just showing me how your faith supersedes everything it breaks the law there's no law against faith and Faith will stop at nothing to to bring you what you want from God. We have so much going for us. Faith does everything for us, yet we don't have what we want. And that's because the devil will come and tell you. He ain't giving that to you. See, we got to learn how to resist. And this was the Lord was uh, telling me, you know, like a couple months ago. He says, uh, my people don't do enough resisting. And so we have to learn to resist, you know, everything that comes up against the Lord and most of it is going to come up in our minds. Amen. And so we have to learn how to resist. The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee. He ain't going nowhere no other way. Amen. He'll be hanging around the corner waiting on you to feel better and then he'll, he, he'll come with some more stuff. And it doesn't matter whether it's, uh, It has this stuff has validity. It doesn't matter because this is what people who are into religion will say. It's reality. But it doesn't matter. It's still from the devil. It depends on where you what is your reality. My reality is the promises of God. My reality is what the Bible has already promised. My reality is what God has already said I can have. That's my reality. So it depends on what reality you are speaking of. Because your reality might not be my reality. Amen. The person that said that, uh, their reality is different from mine. Amen. My reality ain't at the doctor's office every single week. Amen. You know, just because you have a yearly, uh, if if I, I don't go, if I don't have to go, I don't go. Amen. Because that's not where my reality is. I have to be really pushed to even show up. Amen. And I sit there and rebuke. I'm rebuking everything that they try to say. No, rebuke, 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 rebuke. No. Amen. And so you have to just figure out where your reality is. My reality is where this woman's reality was. She touched him with her heart. She touched him with her faith, you know, and she had something in common with Jesus. He he felt it above all. Of, think about all of the people thronging him, all of the multitudes. He felt her faith because he knew what he felt. He knew and when her faith grabbed it took it i take my healing energy when her when her faith took it he says my power's been drawn out of me because he felt the power coming out of him that virtuous uh healing power he felt it when she took it and and it uh it drew from him to her and so we have to take these things more seriously and look at it or just, I know we do, but see things more clearly as to, to what the word of God is telling us these things mean. Amen. And so let's go to Romans four. Hallelujah. I liked how he called her this certain woman. That's to me a prophetic thing too, because you don't see anybody else like this in the Bible. Amen. She was a certain woman, she was a certain woman that knew God and knew his heart and felt him, you know, because she had a lot in common with him. And we do, too. We're made in his image. Amen. And we have a lot in common with God, but we need to know it. Hallelujah. We need to know it. Let's see. Where's Romans? Here it is hallelujah so romans 4 verse 17 and it says okay and this is talking about the promise granted granted abraham through faith amen so let's let's read 16 it says therefore it is of faith that it might be a according to grace So that the promise might be sure to all the seed. Now see, that says a lot right there. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace. So that the promise might be sure to all the seed. Who is it talking about? Me and you, we're Abraham's seed. Amen. So according to grace. Hallelujah. The promises of God are yes and amen. OK, let's see. Where was I am? It says, but also to those who are in faith of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. And in verse 17 says, as it is written, we have made you the father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. And it says in 18, who contrary to hope and hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. That woman, uh, that certain woman had this like faith. Amen. She had this going for her. She, She called those things that did not exist as though it was because she knew she was healed did she feel it she was crawling she couldn't have felt it she was crawling to get to jesus but in her mind and in her heart she called those things that be not as though they were and then she sealed the deal when she saw him and and uh their their faith he he acknowledged her faith he felt her draw his power out of him and so this is really telling us how to get a miracle, amen. The faith of Abraham—he um, staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, so he was a staggered not, amen. And he spoke on things that be not as though they were, and his faith stuck out and God And the Bible says that he was—it was accounted to him as righteousness because of the stand that he took against the natural elements, amen. He just believed that whatever God told him, I'm going to be a father of many nations, he just received that. And so in the same way, that woman, that certain woman, believed that she was healed because she knew that man's government could not come through for her and had not come through for her. And it says in in one, uh, I think it was in Mark's uh account she grew rather worse and so she knew that she had a savior that she could depend on and she put all her faith and trust in him amen so but the church rather throng amen they know about him they know how to sing about him pray about him preach to you about him tell you what you're doing right and wrong about him Post on Facebook stuff that you need to be doing. Giving you a word. What they do. Giving you a word. But they don't know him. Amen. Few do. I'm not talking about everybody. But I'm talking about the majority. Amen. Tell you why you in your situation. But do they truly know him? You have to know Him, amen. When you know Him, your faith gets His attention. Hallelujah. And you have to consider it done no matter what situation you're in. See, this faith gets God's attention, uh, during tribulations, during the storms, during trials. You can't base your, you can't base anything on your current situation. It's like, what's that saying those people say? My current situation or something like that. You can't base God's, uh, what he's doing. You can't base that on your current situation. But you can base it on your faith and your trust and your hope in him and what you know he will do for you. Amen. And so we need to always uh, continue to have faith in God. Amen. Jesus identified with the leper. That's another thing the, the crowd didn't like. He identified with the leper. Amen. He knew she was ceremonial, un, ceremonially unclean. Amen. But he still acknowledged her faith, which should tell us God don't go by who you are, your status, that's why I don't understand why people want status. God don't pay attention to them. that status, your title, who you're supposed to be. He's looking at your heart. Amen. He wants you to just uh, love him and, and just be honest with him. Amen. And he doesn't want us going around. He wants us to be a light and be sought. We're the salt of the earth. Amen. Be sought and be a light. And he doesn't want us doing none of this other stuff you see people doing. Amen. Do what's in your heart. Do what's in the word. Go ye and preach. That's what God is expecting us to do. Amen. So when you truly know God through relationship, you portray his character because you have his mind, his thoughts, his intentions. Amen. You understand his heart. You understand the will of God and you don't try to change the will of God uh, and try to get your own will going. But you back up and you say, No, this is what God wants me to do. When you, um, when you, let's see, how am I going to say this? When you know the Lord and you have a relationship with him, you portray him in some way, in all ways, because we're made in his image. And so you don't have to, Be the type of person that's always trying to tell people about your relationship with God or what they're doing wrong. We are a light. We're salt. Amen. And so we give this world its flavor. Without us, this world is nothing. It's, It's a bitter place anyway. And so this is what God is expecting. And this is what this woman did. I'm just thinking. She learned a lot being sick in that house going back and forth to them doctors. She uh, she learned a lot. And that'll teach you a lot. Amen. It'll teach you who to lean on. So in other words, she wasn't like this all the time. So what I'm saying is we can always start from ground zero. It's never too late. Amen. Hallelujah. So Jesus identified with her. Hallelujah. And he stopped and took notice of her faith, and I mean he did that in a hurry because the Jairus was on the begging end and trying to explain Jesus was on the on the other road with the lady. He was saying, "Uh-uh," he said, "Somebody, you know, somebody has has touched me." Amen. And the <laughs> another thing that I noticed his uh, what are those people? His disciples. Was way off base. They were saying, Well, everybody touching you. (laughs) They all touched you. And he didn't explain. And that's another thing I love about Jesus. He didn't try to talk to them and tell them anything. But did you notice when he kicked the naysayers out, and the wailers, and the weepers, and the wine? He didn't kick his boys out. He took them in there with him. Amen. Hallelujah. And that tells me that once God chooses you, even if you mess up, when he chooses you, he is not done with you. Amen. Hallelujah. He is never done with you. He took them in there. It specifically said he took John, he took, you know, uh whatever their name was. He took them, and he told the other people, get out. And so, because, see, they were in training, and he knew that they needed to understand and learn some things most of their problem was fear and that's why he was always telling them do not fear amen when they got in that boat he said look don't fear you know they thought he was a ghost it's me it's not a ghost do not fear and so uh jesus always did what was best for his disciples amen Hallelujah. And that's us because we're disciples of Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. And so, but your faith will stop and, and he will take notice of your faith. Amen. Sometimes your faith need to grow a little bit more. And he will, you know, he'll work with you like that. And so it's good to be able to hear his voice and to know that he is with you, not against you. Faith is powerful and it still works, even when tested. By difficult times. In other words if your faith get a little weak. God is still there to increase your faith. Amen. Uh, Let's go down to verse 21. In Romans 4. Hallelujah. Verse 21. Well let's do 20. And it talks about Abraham saying. He did not waver or stagger at the promises of God through unbelief but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Amen. And this was one thing that 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 certain woman, she didn't stagger at the promises. She accepted everything. It's like she was ready for her miracle. That's what she came for because she crawled. She knew that when she got there that she would receive everything that he had promised. Verse 21, and being fully convinced or persuaded, that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. That's the God kind of faith. Amen. He was able. When you know that God is able, that's the God kind of faith. That's the kind of faith that draws him to us. Amen. That's the faith that draws him. He, in other words, he can't turn his back on that kind of faith. Because that kind of faith in him, there's something in common. There's a leak, a link, and he cannot deny it. Amen. And so don't ever think that your faith is not good enough. If it's not good enough, keep going. Stay, just stay in faith and hold on to the little bit of faith you have and continue to stay in the word, and your faith will increase. And it will eventually get to the place that gets God's attention. It's no doubt. It has to. It has to. It must. It's no other way that this, this works. And so you just stay where you are and keep, uh, just stay in the Word and stay with God. Don't get off course. Stay on course with God. And I, I know there's scriptures in the Bible like, um Psalm, Uh, What is that psalm? I want you to to write that down. Um, Where it says, I cried out to God and he he healed me. Um, I can't remember what psalm. I think that's Psalm 30. It's Psalm 30. Psalm 30, verse 2. If I'm not mistaken, it says, I cried out to Is that it? Psalm, Psalm 30, verse 2. I cried out to him, and he healed me. See, thank God there's more than one way to get healed. Amen. So if you don't have that kind of faith that draws his attention, stay with God. Just stay with him. Don't give up. Be a prisoner of hope. Amen. So, And then there's a scripture, Isaiah 48, 3. What does that say? It says, I cried. God says he's going to do it for his own sake. Uh, he's going to do it because he don't want anybody else to get his glory. See, there's a lot of ways that you can get healed, but it's got to be all God's ways. You can't manufacture the way. But as long as you're working in God's, you know, doing things that he wants you to do, you will get your healing. And you, and, and this is just not healing. This healing is a gift this is just one of the things that's in your benefits package you'll get your finances your marriage heal your husband whatever you want this is how you do it amen this is how you get your heal, your um faith uh up to the place where that woman that certain woman's faith was amen hallelujah So let's see, did I I do 21 and fully being fully convinced, 22, and therefore it was accounted to him as righteousness. When you believe God, he don't just say, okay, well, you pass. He don't say that. He accounts that that's righteousness added on to your account. Amen. That goes into your faith account when you believe God. And it's not to please anybody other than God. Hallelujah. 23 says, Now it was written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him. But also for us, uh, it shall be imputed to us who believe in him who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead and who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. Amen. So faith triumphs during troubled times. Faith triumphs in trouble. Faith triumphs when things are going good. Faith triumphs all the time in every situation. I want to read 5 verse 3. It says, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And our hope does not disappoint because of the love of God that's been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit and was given to us. So never give up on your hope. Never give up on your hope. Stay in hope. Amen. Being a prisoner of hope is nothing wrong. See, a prisoner of hope stays in a cave. Let me tell you about a prisoner of hope. And I said, oh, I said, I didn't say that the last time. I couldn't think of it. But I thought about it when I was just reading the other day. When you're a prisoner of hope, prisoners of hope pretty much stay to themselves, probably have been, I'm just saying probably have been dis- discouraged, disappointed, uh, probably think that God was not there when when you, you thought he should have been, or the people of God, whatever. But prisoners of hope pretty much uh, find that safe place and stay there. In other words, they cut off to themselves. They probably come to the meetings because they know they need to come. But otherwise, they just to themselves. And they are pretty much disgruntled, disappointed people, but they don't give up. And so the prisoner of hope is in a place where they're not happy. See, they're not happy, but they have not given up hope. And so they kind of position themselves in a place where they say, well, i going to just stay here and do this. And I know there's, I know, I know that. And so, you know, they don't, they start to not trust people or they don't share or they, you know, whatever it is. A lot of them stop going to church, you know, prisoners of hope. But they keep that hope in Christ, and they never, um, they just never um, totally give up. And then they, they, something will hit them. God will spark their attention, and they'll get back into the Word, or they'll, they'll, God will have them do something for Him, and they agree to do it, and then it'll bring them back into the, you know what I'm saying? They get back into the swing of things. And that disappointment starts to fade and they see a glimmer of hope, you know, but they hold on. They hold on and they don't quit. One thing they don't do, they don't quit. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we need to continue to, but this is the, this is the thing. God is saying in this hour, come out of your cave, come out of your safe place, come out of that place of hiding, come out of that safe place and Broaden your uh, Isaiah 54, broaden your, lengthen your cords and start to live again. Because God is saying, I'm coming and, and I'm going to do exceedingly and abundantly above what you thought I was going to do. I'm going to do that and more. And so God is saying, don't give up. In fact, get your faith back. Whatever you have been believing god to do for you in other words take that that prayer or that promise off the shelf dust it off and start to believe in that again amen renew your mind in the word when when you renew your mind in the word you will you will uh get your faith back and you will start to change on the inside and see it's it's like this get a heart change and the outside would change dramatically so what Let's see. So. What? Let's see. When you when you change or when you. What's what's changed on the inside? In other words, you have to change on the inside before you see something change on the outside. What's changed on the inside? Renew your mind. Start to obey God. Start to allow God to love you again or you love him again. Come out of discouragement and, and whatever it is that through you. And don't have faith in that anymore, but lengthen your cords and say, I'm coming out and I'm going to start to live again. And this is the season that we're in. We're in a new era where God is saying he's going to restore the, the reeds. Restore, re, you know, revitalize. You know, he's going to do all of these things, whatever those things. I used to have a list of them. But anyway, God is going to do all of those things for you again. But we have to rise up. Amen. See, we make the decision whether we're going to stay in that cave or come out and be a divine interruption. Let your faith divinely interrupt Jesus. And so that he can do for you what you've been expecting him to do for many, many years. It's not too late. Amen. So what's on the inside changes the outside. You won't change on the outside if something on the inside is not changed. Amen. God wants to change your heart. He wants to change your thinking. He wants to change everything about you. And and above all, he wants to love you, to show you that he loves you. So that you can trust him again, you know there was a time when I had given up on on god's promise. I said, well, it's been so long i don't think i'm going to get this, you know, so God had to woo me back into his love and deal with me and let me know, look, the promise is still good, and he said it's just for a certain time now, all promises aren't like that, all promises, some promises, you can have them you know, but some some things are on a timetable for a specific reason and that's exact it's especially if god has you doing a work if he is using you like intercessor doing stuff like that you might as well note it's it's a waiting period but the thing about it is god never he never forgets about you he knows what he's doing he's got it all wrapped up he knows the time span and see, this is what he started to teach me how to let time be my best friend. He started to teach, I'm telling you, he taught me how to let my the time be my friend and taught me how to be happy in time and not question time. Amen. Because time, you know, there's no time with God. When I found that out, I said, oh, well, this is not personal toward me. There's no time with him. You know, and so but he he does understand because he made us and we live in the natural realm that time bugs us. But so he'll teach you how to incorporate time in your everyday life. Amen. And so we we got to step out and come and bro- broaden your tent, come out of your hiding place. In other words, when you were just, you know, just disgusted and sometimes you know how you'll just put work and things that you have to do put that in you know let that be your major thought and you just put everything that god is doing on the shelf well god is saying dust it off and just start to trust him again and and i told the lord i said yeah i said i i just thought you forgot about me and as far as i know as I've been doing everything that I know I was supposed to do. And so then he started to teach me about time, and, and it started to work in my favor. And so uh, God will show you don't, don't ever give up. Don't ever give up on God because your promise is still good. Amen. But what's on the inside, <coughs> what's on the inside will change what's on the outside. So if you want the outer, your outer to change, if you want your situation on the outside to change, change your inside. Amen. And that will get God's attention. It really was. Hallelujah. And then he'll develop some type of divine intervention or interruption on your behalf. Amen. Hallelujah. So that's all I have. I hope you all have all the scriptures. The book of Romans will lift you up. And it, and all of these accounts that's in here about that certain woman, they're in here for a reason. Amen. Hallelujah. And so it's good to see that all of these men, every one of them, these disciples or, uh you know, whatever they were, that walked with God, they, a lot of them told different stories, but they all told this story because it made a big impact on their lives. Amen. 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 (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Hey, y'all don't bug me because I'm still preaching. Amen. Preaching, sitting down, preaching, standing up, preaching any kind of way I can because I'm going to obey God. Amen. So, Father, thank you for your word. We thank and praise you. Amen. For everything that we're doing. Praise God. We just thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that you will divinely interrupt any situation to bring uh, our miracle to pass that there is nothing that you hold more dearly than us and so father help our unbelief help us to change our thinking change our hearts so that we will think like you and have the mind of Christ which is our rightful inheritance and we thank you father for doing a great work that you've never stopped and you've never given up on us and you're so faithful to forgive us of all of our unrighteousness and we bless you and we exalt you and we lift you up today and we praise you in Jesus mighty name amen and praise God hallelujah if there's anyone that needs prayer I can pray for you before we leave amen